Welcome, everyone, to the third ever episode of the Uncultured Gaming Podcast, a podcast where I force my friends to play the video games that I love and then force them to have discussion with me about the games that I love. On today's episode, we get in a little bit into some Shrek discussion, introduce our new segment, Feedback Loop. We still drink some beers, of course, and Preston is once again forced to answer my question of the day and get a little bit into the news, such as Baldur's Gate 3 having a slightly higher Metacritic score than Tears of the Kingdom and the Metro 2033 creator being sentenced to prison for about eight years or so. Uh, Of course, we kindly get into our next game, Bioshock. All this and more with your probably favorite uncultured gamers. Wear these for show, Preston. I, I thought they would. They, I didn't no, know. No, these are actually. my real glasses. I can see. Mm, and guess shut- what? You're kind of pretty. So congratulations. <laughs> I hope you're happy about that. You need your glasses checked. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the third episode of the Uncultured Gaming Podcast. You can't stop us. Three episodes in five star ratings. We're invincible. Our sponsors haven't given up on yes. Fuck you, nerds. <laughs> uh, anywho, thank you. Uh, I, I need to get that off my chest. Um, we still have no sponsors. Did you know it's very hard to get a sponsor, Preston? I did. I did a little bit of reading into it um, using our source. Um, guess how many listens we need to have downloaded each week? Um, I guess more than just our family. How many? Um, yeah, that's a good number. Um, five hundred. We need five hundred downloads. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, please. Please share this with everybody. We need 498 more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like always, I'm your uncultured host, the doctor who is tall, but for sure absolutely does not play basketball because he was too busy spending his time indoors and wasted all of his height. Wilson Lester. And like always, I'm still joined by the fan favorite, local hardcore gamer boy, the person I still haven't forgiven for all the Soulsborne games on our list and whom I'm still thinking about firing, Preston. Oof. What's up, guys? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. What have you been up to since uh, the last time we were talking? Oh, uh, it was a really busy week at work, but I'm excited because I officially started a new running training block for Ooh. my, uh, I have a race in December that I'm going to start training Ooh, for. How far, is the, how far is the run? It's going to be a marathon. Ooh. Oh, you're doing another marathon. Mm-hmm. Oh, sick. I, uh, I'm going to sit my ass on the couch. That's a... Uh, <laughs> Um, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I always, I always want to get into running, but I, uh, I get shin splints really bad. So mm. it's, well, I remember whenever we ran, uh, whenever we were, uh, in track together mm-hmm. and you were, your legs, I had to take two strides for every one of yours. See, I was in much better shape back then. Um, uh, mm-hmm. back then I was like a little under 200 pounds. So I'm a little, way over 200 pounds. So, you know, mm-hmm. pushing that 300 pretty fast. And the listeners, pre- no, I'm not, I'm not pushing it like that. I'm like. 30, 40 it's, pounds away? It's 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 all muscle. Yeah, yeah, sure. Not, don't look at my gut, everyone. I am not. That's um, what happens when you're seven foot one. I am seven foot two. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing games since, uh, I, 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 other than like our main game for today. Um, have you been playing any other games lately? <laughs> what have you been playing? <laughs> what have you been playing? So I, I may have jumped ahead a little bit, and this is what I was kind of. Um, Gonna bring to your attention, you dirty girl. What did you I do? I jumped ahead. I started playing Sekiro because I wanted to. Listen here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's that's in December, maybe. I'm not doing that. I'm not touching that game. You're insane. 
Don't you get that shit out of it. We have Liza P coming up soon. I'm not doing that. You're insane. There's 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 a silver lining. There's a silver lining. There's no silver lining. There is. What is it? I'm making you a strategy guide. I don't know how to respond to that. Thank you. That's so kind <laughs> it's, of you. It's, I'm making a cheese strategy guide where how to cheese some of the bosses just to get you into it. What kind of cheese are we talking about? The from never mind. The Fromunda cheese. Um so things like you can you can sneakily get death blows and uh. eliminate the boss's uh health in half just by okay. sneaking around. Okay. Okay. It's, so it's stuff like that that a, I use every time I play. So I was going to share it. You have a lot of hope for me. We'll see what happens. It's a long strategy guide. Mm. Takes. I, I put a lot of time into it. I can see your notes from here, and that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, but it's fine. That's fine. You know, I'll, I'll I'm it. not saying we got to play it next. I'm just <laughs> saying I pl- I wanted to play it. Okay. So okay. Because we had some time between Bioshock and whatever we're going to play next. Yeah, we do have we do have some time. Yeah, and I, I did the same thing because we kind of um, uh, do. We want to go ahead and spoil it. What we were we were planning on playing next? Sure. For those listening right now, which I hope you are at this point, if you haven't gotten over me screaming in the intro, the game that me and Preston are going to be playing are is what remains of Edith Finch. It's a nice little narrative game. You know, ever since we played Firewatch, I kind of get into a little more of those cozy narrative games. I like it. Uh, I told you recently that I played Oxenfree. So yeah, Oxenfree. Um, not. Not a bad game. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of the reviews were like, you know, 9 out of 10s. I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. That's an unofficial, uncultured gaming podcast uh, review. Um, I use numbers. I don't I do not do that kind of crap. I do obscure references. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to give it an obscure reference because it wasn't part of our podcast. But um, pretty good. But I, 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 you know, I had some, a little gripe with that. Similar to what I had with uh, Final Fantasy 16 was that I found, I paid $10 for it, you know, being, you know, con- contributing capitalism and everything. But... I found out I could have played it for free using the Netflix app. Who knew? I didn't know you could have yeah, play it, games on Netflix. It, it, you have to do it on your phone, I believe. I don't think you can do it on your TV. I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much. But I just saw it. It was available through my subscription. I was like, son of a bitch. They got me again. Gotcha. They got me bad. But um, I played that recently. It was, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. it. It was weird playing a game and not taking notes the entire time. Just, just playing it for the enjoyment. I felt wrong doing that. <laughs> We've only done it for two or three games now, but it just feels it's like, like I, I have to take take notes on exactly. my thoughts. <laughs> uh, other than that, I've been playing a, a first Uncharted game. Yeah, from the Nathan Drake collection, which mm-hmm. was I think they released it for PS4. It's you know not bad. I, I'm enjoying it. It's um it's no Uncharted Four, which right. is a you know classic, of course. Yeah, and other than that, I have a. I haven't been really up to much other than playing some video games, you know, going to work, you know, doing the typical dad stuff. Uh, soon to be dad stuff. Yeah, that's right, because uh, baby coming in two weeks. <laughs> Ooh, man. <laughs> so we may not have a podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be on Zoom. Maybe gonna, we'll, yep. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't worry. I'll, I'll come to you. It's all good. But um, I, I want to meet the baby. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, there's another thing I wanted to mention, of course. Um, last episode, I, I gave the viewers or the listeners, whatever you want to call yourself, our trashy gamers, a little bit. Uh, I, I promised something for them. Hold on. That's right, everybody. It is the Shrek episode. We are gearing up to talk. I think that was longer than 15 seconds. We are gearing up to talk about our man, our lord, and our hero, Shrek. Excuse me. I'm getting my Shrocks on real quick because I really want to talk about Shrek. But I can't do it without my Crocs. I have the Shrek years. But like I said, in the le- what? 
What's wrong with my What's wrong with my Crocs? They look They look awesome, and I'm really jealous. Yeah, you should. I wish get, I had some. Dude, these Crocs. Okay, I, I want to address something with the listeners. Crocs, very comfortable. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, I'm not making this a Crocs episode. We're not going to do a Crocs podcast episode. That's insane. Is that uh, insane? No. Can't you? I heard that uh, once you wear them out, you can actually retread them. Didn't know that. It seems it's if maybe I just started that rumor. Okay, yeah. President starts rumors. He gossips about everybody. That's right. He's conspiracy theorist. Um, but based on the popular demand, because I said it in the last episode, you don't believe me, just go ahead and listen. I'll include editor. Include the clip where I say we're gonna do a Shrek episode. Next episode will be Shrek. I'm episode. not a lawyer. Thanks, editor. <laughs> Good transition. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk a little bit more about our hero, Shrek. Because Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Um, Preston, let's let's get it off. What is your official ranking of the movies? There's a correct order. There is a correct order. Oh man! I, based on my perception, it's got it's it's. I only care about your first two, but what's your order? I think uh, uh, Shrek the Third is third. Okay, that's a hot take already. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Which which one was it where they invaded the castle? The second one. Second one. So I'm gonna say uh, two mm-hmm. is number two, and mm-hmm. then uh, Shrek one is number one. It's okay. just a classic. You're, I, you're already mad about yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little the exact opposite of what I'm. You're um, trash list already. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got their opinions. Your opinions just more more wrong. The correct. I, I don't know. The first two are just. It's hard to. It's hard to rank them because I'll go one, two, four, three. Uh, mm. The first threat you can't beat that. I'm making waffles. What's better than that? But Shrek Two is like you know it took the first one. What was great about it, but then it went beyond. Above and beyond, we got Puss and Boots. Puss and Boots, my man. And then you know Shrek Three was garbage. It was. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it's garbage. It just wasn't. It wasn't Shrek One or Two. So right. that's the that's the bad part. Well, I think I need to clarify my list. I said Three was Three. Yes. Two was Two. One was One. Oh, you so you did one, two, three. No, I did. The, I started from the bottom, and now we're here. All right, Drake. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you set me up for that one. If you did, um, fuck you. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, four, four was great. Four was good. four was a good one. I I really liked four. Um, I saw it in high school with my buddy, and we were, um, you know, the only like eighteen year olds in a movie for a kids movie. I have no, I have no. I have no regrets about that. No. There's one quote in there. It's where the little boy was t- telling Shrek to do the roar. He's like, do the roar! And it's the funniest thing. Nice. Yeah, you didn't laugh, so you don't think it's funny. So, no, I'm just I'm just upset that you said that you went with a buddy and it wasn't me. I so didn't you're know saying... you existed! <laughs> what do you mean, Deborah? <laughs> you're saying you have other friends? Are you besides... gaslighting me? I still haven't learned what ga- what, like the proper definition for gaslight. So I just kind of call everything gaslighting. It makes sense. Are you gaslighting me? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, at least he's honest about it. <laughs> okay, so we we kind of got we you know we have hot takes on what our what our orders are. Um, was there a particular reason why you thought two was number one? I think you're forgetting my order. You said three is three is three. Three two is two. One is one. So you so your order is Shrek one, Shrek two, and Shrek three. Yes. I thought top you said- to bottom. Yeah. We're making this as complicated as we can. God, yeah, I'm just okay. So we were we weren't too far off. No, okay. I think we're pretty much exactly I, the same. Got, I, I got upset with me. I thought you said two was one. Damn it! You couldn't just do a normal thing. All right, editor, uh, uh, play back what I actually said. Okay, yeah, no, I admit it. I, w- I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. But I'm not going back to look for it. You can go find it yourself. This is not my problem. This is your problem. Thank you. Enjoy the show. 
Thank you, editor, for proving me right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay, now we got into our correct orders, I think. Another very good question to ask. What was a more iconic scene? Donkey, aka Eddie Murphy, singing I'm a Believer at the end of the first movie? Mm-hmm. Or the fairy godmother singing I Need a Hero as Shrek and the gang storing the castle in Far, Far Away during the second movie? Ooh. Mm, I gotta go Donkey. That's that's a that's a classic. Wow. I, I think it's... Um, I need a hero. I need a hero. I get goosebumps thinking about that. Ooh. It's uh, not not right now though, because I, I watched it before I got here. I got my goosebumps out of here, my goose pimples. It's just so good. It's the actual actress singing. I looked at the the original song, garbage. Fairy Godmother's got some she's got some pipes, yeah, my she man. Does. She's killing it. But you know, now that we've gotten our discussion questions out of the way, let's talk about a little bit more about those fun facts. Did you know that Mike Myers wasn't the first choice for Shrek? Really? It was actually Chris Farley up until, you know, Chris Farley died of an overdose. Mm. R.I.P. to our hero. That's right. Moment of silence. Van down by the river. Van down by the river. Van down by the river. <laughs> but um, he was originally the first choice. Uh, there's a lot of people who were kind of, kind of considered before Mike Myers, it seems like, because Nicolas Cage also turned down the role, which I it, I think it's a weird thing. Nicolas Cage just kind of is always, uh, I don't know, considered for roles. Like he was supposed to be Aragorn, he's supposed to be Superman. I think that's weird. What, how does this guy just get all these roles? I love Nicolas Cage, don't get me wrong, but I can't. Can you imagine Nicolas Cage as Shrek? No, they we need to go steal the Constitution. <laughs> Donkey, the Constitution. <laughs> but additionally, in 2016, a fifth Shrek movie was confirmed, but there has been no news of its release. That's pushing seven years. It's not a fun fact. It's kind of a this is a big sad fact because we haven't gotten Shrek five yet. Maybe one day, Preston. Maybe one day. But until then, let's talk, stop talking about Shrek. Let's get into our new segment. Feedback loop. Ooh. I was kind of proud of this one. So I kind of wanted a section where we kind of talk about uh, any sort of feedback that we've gotten, both good or bad, or we can audit ourselves. So uh, I was like, feedback, feedback loop, loop. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this is a section where we kind of talk about uh, anything that we've heard. Um, We haven't gotten too much feedback besides we've had one of our friends... uh, (laughs) What? Eating some gummies? I'm hungry. Continue. It's fruit snacks. Fruit snacks. We got one recommendation to play a game, uh, which he doesn't know it yet, but he might be coming onto the podcast and uh, give us his thoughts as well. I, I told him he has to come on. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, so then the other feedback that we've gotten is uh, feedback from ourselves. I've listened back to the first episode, and I really sounded like a huge... Uh, Nerd? Uh, from, yes. Yep. From Soft. Uh, uh uh, fanboy, Nerd. but you know what? Yeah, I don't care. They're my favorite games, and I'm not sorry about it. All right, stop, stop standing up, Preston. I, <laughs> I, I get it. You're intimidating me. I don't. I don't need this in my life right now. That's right. I too had some feedback. A bunch of my friends that I sent this out to. I mean, I mean, fans, fans, a bunch of fans that reached out to me about this. Um, kind of basically said like, you talk too much. I'm like, that's a good point. I don't know how to shut up. Like right now, I keep talking. Like I'm not even talking about anything that's really relevant. I'm just gonna keep on talking, baby. Uh, no, but for real, like, um, basically me not kind of like script reading or just kind of like, you know just don't act like I'm talking down to Preston. Shut up, shut up, Preston. <laughs> go get me a coffee, thank you. Um, but would, I also had. Would some... you kindly go get me a coffee? Oh man, spoiler or ooh 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 foreshadowing for later. You're not getting me a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had a couple of like you know critiques of myself that I wanted to address uh, from based on the last episode where I, I want to tell Preston I'm an idiot because um, there was at one point where during the Ruck the Fuel segment he was saying like well, you know one episode like some episodes might be multiple episodes and I just kind of completely ignored him and said like yeah no we'll, we'll probably do like lies of P. it probably wasn't exactly that. I just like I just like oh, I kind of ignored whatever Preston just said to me, so you know I'm addressing here. I'm sorry for being a bad friend. It's okay. Go give me a coffee, thank you. <laughs> um, additionally, another thing I want to call myself out on was when I went my gripe session with um, Final Fantasy 16. I said I had a gripe session with Final Fantasy 7 in Square Enix. Final Fantasy 7 is fine. I had no no issues with the remake. That was a fine game. I just want to say I'm sorry, listeners, that the fact that I called it um, 16. Seven and you know, vice versa. Where, wherever, wherever you want to call it. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting flustered right now. That's all the feedback I had for myself. You know, just um, be better. Do better, Preston. Yeah, you need to talk less. That's for sure. Okay. I'm your new host now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, keep going. Keep, keep going. going. I can't do it. Yeah. You're, you're doing a great job. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 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 Sure. Sure. Whatever. Go I ahead. can't do what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, you know what. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, everybody. We're having to... Shh, bar- no, it's not. No, it's funnier. I want people it's to think... It's 5 o'clock. I want people to think... <laughs> 5 o'clock. And, well, as Jimmy Buffett once said, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Mm-hmm. And with that, like most men and women talking and thinking about Shrek, it's got me feeling a little thirsty. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get these cold boys out. Let's go drink some beer, Preston. So, as per usual, put it up to the mic. Closer, closer, closer. Three, two, one. Oh, always good. Always good. So, Will, what are you drinking? Oh, man, I'm going first again? Yeah. All right. So, I'm drinking a fun little beer called, hold on, put my shoe on. Took my Shrock socks. We're not talking about Shrek anymore. I'm drinking a Hazy Beer Hug. This comes from Goose Island Beer Company, which I believe is based out of uh, Chicago, Illinois, and Fort Collins, Colorado. Interesting. Anywho, but it is a hazy IPA. I you know, I'm, I have a trend of drinking IPAs. I don't mm-hmm. mean to do it, but if you look at the can... It's a bear wearing sunglasses. I can see why you got that. That it's makes cool. sense. And it's, and it's, it's a pun of itself. Hazy beer hug. Instead of bear hug, it's a beer hug. But you know what? What are you drinking? Well, it's interesting. You got Goose Island beer. I have Goose Island brewing. Press love and... Preston. It says goat island. Goose. Goat. Goat. Uh, mine says goat. Mine says goose. Yours says goat. I saw G and ran with it. <laughs> it's like, how can people be my friend? I, I, heard, I heard G Island. And I was like, oh, they got to be the same. G Island sounds like a, a Snoop Dogg beer. G Island? Ooh. So, I, ooh, That's that good would be idea. good. Yeah. Um, so, it actually, uh, Snoop Dogg beer would make sense for this one. Mm-hmm. So, it's Goat Island Brewing, Peace Love, and Hippie Wisner. Wheat beer. That's a fun name. So, got a shout out to my wife because she saw this in the store and uh, she got it for me. Oh, nice. Where's uh, Goat Island? Where is that? Coleman, Alabama. Coleman. Oh, sick! Keeping with the Alabama beers. That's right. Like that's keep right, it local. Keep right. it local. Keep it fresh. Me, I have. Uh, I've ventured out of the state clearly from Alabama to Georgia to Illinois. Maybe I'll get a beer from every state. You Ooh, think there's that's crap idea. beer in Alaska? Probably. Probably. Huh. I won't drink beer from North to, North or South Dakota. Just be one Dakota. <laughs> Just be one. It's so, it's so confusing. What's what's in there? I don't know. No one knows. Maybe it's a government conspiracy. Ooh, that's where the aliens are. Ooh, maybe our next podcast will be a conspiracy podcast. All right. So. All right. Taste this. Ooh, that's good. What do you think about yours? 
Oh man, I got some words. First off, the aroma is very good. <laughs> it's not very like a very beery smell, but also it's like six point eight percent. Very nice. Had to get a second sip. It's good. It's not. It's not too hoppy. It's got that hazy taste to it. Man, that is a that is a good IPA. It's not perfect, so I'm gonna give it a nine point nine out of ten. Ooh, yeah, the highest I, highest rating so far. I, I really like this beer. What about you? I like mine a lot. <clears throat> so I saved my first sip. I've had this for a couple weeks. I saved my first sip for to be on the podcast. My brother was over last week, and he uh, he raided the the garage fridge. Which, if you have a garage fridge, that's kind of the rule. Right. Anybody can get a drink. And when you leave the door open, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. So he called it a uh, porch pounder. So you can just sit on the porch and pound these. Uh, so I thought that was a really good description. I totally see why he said that. It goes down smooth. Not a huge. Ooh. Not a huge uh, stick to the tongue taste. Okay. Nice. So very very refreshing. I like it. Okay. Uh, I give it a. Um, 8.5. Ooh, that's a high rating for you as yes. well. Speaking of ratings, I kind of want to go back a little bit to what I what I drank last week. I I recently drank uh, drank my last uh the Blind Pirate and I feel like my rating for it wasn't completely accurate. I ended up drinking outside while I was playing kickball and I found out this is a good beer to drink outside for some mm. reason, let it warm up a little bit because I was like, "Oh, this actually tastes really good." Yeah. Uh, but I want to be consistent. Uh, I I probably would give it like a uh, as an outside beer, I give it a 7 out of 10. But if we average the two scores together, it's 6.5. I feel like a 6.5 is fine. That's fair. Yeah. Well, um, you start, probably started uh, drinking more than four at that high alcohol percentage, mm-hmm. and this started tasting a lot better. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. totally see that's that. True, that's true. That's uh, true. If it helps, I uh, drank Kickball. I drank a Miller Lite, and then I went to that. So went from water to that. That's pretty exactly. good. Yeah. I love, I love Miller Lite. I love Miller Lite. So, you know, beer of the Cowboys. Go Cowboys! I wish we were sponsored by Dallas Cowboys. No, you're, you're a Cowboys fan? Yeah. Nice. What do you think the D on my hat stands for? Do you think it stood for Duke or Dad? That's how it stood for dickhead. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Well, you know, you're on thin ice, Brett. I don't think you remember the last episode. I was gonna fire you. I might, I might do it. You haven't done any segment music. Oh God, don't make me do that again. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me do it. Why? Why? Why can't you do it? I pay you five dollars an episode for this. I'm behind on payments because we haven't made any money yet. I'll say you owe me some. We don't have any sponsors. How am I supposed to pay you? Just keep a tab. Okay. Right, we're going to get to episode 100 and not have any sponsors. I'm just going to press in $500. That's, that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, that's going to suck for me. Anywho, I feel pretty good. How are you feeling, Mr. Krabs? Mr. Krabs? Yeah. Is, that, is that my nickname? Now? No, no. Your nickname's still Poop Pants. So forget oh. it. <laughs> I told you not to call me that. <laughs> Anyways, I'm feeling pretty loosey-goosey at this point. I think it's time we answer our question of the day. Okay. For our question of the day, let's hear it. What is a game that you think you're the best at online? Oh my goodness. So the thing about me is I don't really play games online. Same, that's why we're doing a narrative story. Yeah, I'm, I've always been more of a single player, but not to say that I'm good at it, but the game I've played the most online is Destiny 2. Oh, okay. So I've played that one the, the most online. I typically don't do first-person shooters, but that's the one that I do play. Okay. Yeah, I uh, like you. I am not a big online person. I have terrible stories um, behind me, just kind of fucking it up with my team. <laughs> uh, Apex Legends, to be more specific. I don't want to. Oh, get into that one day, not mm. today. Cause I think it's an actual other question of the day. 
But one game that I actually think I am like the absolute best at is like the Uncharted games online. I first discovered I was really good at Uncharted 2. I, I'm terrible at online games, first off. And I'm just like, kill a death ratio is phenomenal. Um, didn't really play a lot of Uncharted 3, but Uncharted 4, when I had PlayStation Online or PlayStation Plus for a little bit before I was like, oh, I'm too poor to afford this back in college. And man, I was just wrecking shop. Team Deathmatch, I, I had this, it's probably a, a lame move, but you know, you can do like the running gun and everything. My strat was always to find a shotgun and just run and hit them because they're too busy trying to aim at you. Usually your character can just kind of like automatically hit some. So it's like, I'm the best. And so I, was, no, I wasn't the best. I was, I, that's that's kind of like noob tubing almost. Noob tube. Yeah. No, Uncharted 4, that is probably my the game I'm best at online. Nice. Um, first person shooters, no, I, absolutely not. I am not a COD boy. I cannot do Destiny. Not for me. Not for me. Yep. Maybe Smash. Smash, I feel like I'm average. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, my, my my brother is so much better at Smash than I am. Mm. I think I can hold my own, but then when I play with him, I'm I'm the first to die because we're playing on his skill level, not my skill level. Yeah. So like I I run out of stocks first, but I would say that, but no, he puts me in shame. You know what? I think it's a good good segue for us kind of feeling kind of warmed up, and I think it's time for us to kind of get into the gossiping hour. Gossiping hour. Ooh, 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 that segment. Ooh, earning your $5 an episode. Wow. Can't believe it. I'm not going to fire you. Great. Wonderful. Uh, I, already had, I already had your next guy lined up and everything. Damn it. Anyway, let's get, let's get into some news. You had a fun story. I did. Yeah. Speaking of Smash, uh, former President Barack Obama's go-to Smash character was Captain Falcon. I thought that was really, really funny and awesome because my go-to smash, my main, is Captain Falcon. Interesting. It's it's a very OG pick mm-hmm. and take and everything. Not the pick for me. Captain Falcon, very powerful. Too fast. Too fast for my own take. I am a... I primarily... I main with Link. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of like... I'm not the main... My main is not Link for all the games. Like Super Smash Brothers, the first one, not Link. It's probably Pikachu. Melee, not Link. It was Roy. And oh, sorry, I had a little little fun beer hug burp. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Brawl. I didn't give a shit about Brawl, but when we got to like, there's a modded version of Smash called Project M, and that's when Link, Link, and Toon Link, OP, OP really? for that because like their C stick had t- uh, a two phase portion of it. So if you're like me, you smash the C stick the entire time. Link had like a good like one two punch essentially. Yes. So that's why I kind of like developed that love for Link. And then when we get into Smash Ultimate, just it's my first character to go with is Link all day, every day. Um, he's I, I think he's just the OG. He's kind of he's the best. He's better mm-hmm. than Captain Falcon, you you loser. We you, need to settle this right now. We got the switch up. Well, right no, we now. got podcasts to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll find you on Twitch or something. Break. We're gonna go we're gonna play <laughs> settle this debate. My my next uh but if I don't play with Link, I usually go with I think Cloud. I think I mean with Cloud. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Sora. Sora's in Smash. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sora's very floaty, but he's fun to he, play with. He yeah, he he uh, is very floaty. I can't quite get him. I love the nostalgia of playing with him, but mm-hmm. I can't can't play with him very well. The second one I I'll play is Link as well. Yeah. Because of that one two punch. Yeah. And I kinda I'm trying to think. I I we don't we don't need to go down a whole list of like who we main with Smash because like That'd be forever. Well, I think this is a good uh, uh, podcast episode idea because if we were being a guest on, mm-hmm. my brother Charles, he he could Ooh. come on. He, he would like that. Ooh. You know, that'd be a great like 
That'd be a good question. Who do you, who do you mean with Smash? Or whoever you have on, like, a guest, like, who's your go-to with Smash? Because I would imagine we, we wouldn't want to invite someone on here who's never played Super Smash Brothers. We also wouldn't want to invite anybody that mains Ness. Okay, my friend, Bla- my friend Blaze, we're not, he's never going He's on. not allowed anymore. <laughs> he's so good with Ness. It's insane. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So we started off with one of your news stories. We're going to go, you might if we go straight into one of my news yes. stories? Okay. This one might be a little bit of a longer discussion. So we're going to, I know we kind of like, we're still kind of experimenting with how we want to go about this, but I think I'm going to read this article for us. Um, this is from Kotaku.com. This article is by Kenneth Shepard, but the article is titled, Baldur's Gate 3 Surpasses Zelda Tears of the Kingdom with 2023's highest Metacritic review. Baldur's Gate 3 has surpassed The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom as the highest rated game of 2023 on Metacritic. As of this writing, Larian Studios Dungeons and Dragons Fantasy RPG is sitting at a 97 on the review aggregate site, edging out by one point over Tears of the Kingdom's 96. While this will likely ebb and flow in the coming days as more outlets get reviews out, it's another clear example of positive buzz around the game. For context, Baldur's Gate 3 will likely get more reviews that adjust its overall score in the coming days as reviewers, Kotaku included, uh, it's in parentheses, uh, were only given review access a few days before the game launched on PC on August 3, August 3rd. That's a little bit insane, first off. You only got a few few days to review Baldur's Gate 3. I think I read somewhere on IGN that there <laughs> it was like a three-part series. Like, we're almost done. It's coming. I heard. Um, wow. I think I was listening to the Kind of Funny Games Daily podcast yesterday. And it's more Hussein, who is a reviewer for GameSpy. He said, "We're almost done with Baldur's Gate three. You know, all this stuff leading up to Starfield two, which is going to be equally as massive of a game." Um, anywho, the game is very dense and fairly lengthy. Um, Kenneth's uh, in Kenneth's review or not review his article. He says, "My first playthrough clocked in about fifty five hours, and that's not even counting how much time he spent." retry encounters that wouldn't be represented on the in-game timer so a lot of reviewers haven't finished it yet and have yet to actually give the rpg an official score or final verdict uh, i don't need to read the whole article to kind of understand where he's getting at right now it's higher than tears of the kingdom it might it will obviously change in the next few days um, depending on how the reviews go but right now it seems like Baldur's gate 3 is kind of like hitting a hype train right, right now have you do you know anything about Baldur's Gate Three? I know it's like a, a Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. kind of thing, and I was curious if you wanted to, you and I wanted to play it. It's oh, just so it's very dense, very I, long. It's so long, and after getting through Final Fantasy se- uh, not seven, se- God, I did it again. Did it again. <laughs> Final Fantasy sixteen, where I clocked in about seventy hours doing all the side quests and everything. Doing Baldur's Gate Three, I I would probably want. I don't think I want to dedicate. A podcast episode to it we could probably no i'll probably change but dedicating like some free time to it i would be more than happy to maybe include that as a segment is so the Baldur's gate 3 segment it's probably going to take us the entire year it's like all right where'd you get on <laughs> good god yes it sounds fun um my buddy curtis down in new orleans you know shout out kurt i told him one day i'll give him a segment called kurt's corner he's be our foreign correspondent in new orleans or just a correspondent mm-hmm. from new orleans but uh, he's telling me he was hyping up Baldur's gate 3 for me i was like Maybe, but it's just, it's so long. And I, I was worried, it's like, maybe this isn't a game for me. But I think it's like the amount of options you get to play the game. It's like, ah, oh, it's pretty sick. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like that. I'm like, I'm interested in it. I've never, I haven't played the other mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate, but I know this one's a lot different. And yeah. I don't think you really need to know anything about the other Baldur's Gate to actually play it. Right. But this one's also turn-based, which historically I don't, I haven't really liked. Oh, it turn- is turn-based? There, as far as I know, there's... It's either all turn-based or significant sections that's, are turn-based. That's what, that's what turns me off a little bit from the mm-hmm. idea. I, also, oh my 
give it a try one day. What I really wanted to talk about is like I saw a tweet the other day that basically said like, "Do we think Tears of the Kingdom will still be Game of the Year come the end of it?" And I mean, obviously, there's multiple Game Award shows and everything to kind of determine what would be the Game of the Year. But like, and considering like what would be Game of the Year, I still think Tears of the Kingdom. Will definitely be game of the year. I think it's gonna have a lot of competition with Baldur's mm-hmm. Gate three. I'm not too worried about Starfield. I'm not. I'm not a big Starfield guy. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not a big Bethesda RPG guy. Like mm. Skyrim, fun. Didn't finish it. It mm-hmm. just was my was my cup of tea. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, so is Tears of the Kingdom your game of the year, or do you think it will be just the game of the year? I think it'll be just the game of the year. I have gone back and forth what I what I've played so far as being game of the year. I want to hear what your game of the year is so far. Uh, what, what games have come out um, this year that I've really... God, so it was it was a I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. I loved that game. Um, I also really liked Tears of the Kingdom. Does it get, you know, a 9 out of 10 for me? Sure. But it's a great game. But mm-hmm. does it get my game of the year? I don't think so. What I'm trying to think what else came out this year that just to make sure I cover all options. There's, there's so many. I know. Uh, Resident Evil 4 came out. Uh, the remake did. Yeah. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, which is on Xbox. Um, Final Fantasy 16. I know that's not your, your right. game there. You didn't finish it. I didn't finish yeah. it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I had yeah. to deliver too much soup. Sure. <laughs> too much soup delivery. Um, I think right now, Jedi Survivor. I'm just going to say that that's my game of the year until, um, um, you know, if we, if Liza P lives up to what I want it to be, yeah, there's still so a lot left in the year. And we got Baldur's Gate three, which I I didn't expect to be like a phenomenal like mm-hmm. a phenomenal game to hit like it did. So I'm like, ooh, maybe there's like a whole bunch of other games that aren't like on my um, my list of like ooh want to play. But like you, I would have to say Jedi Survivor is probably my game of the year as well. I very much enjoyed Tears of the Kingdom. I played I logged a lot of hours on it, had a lot of fun. But I think what kind of la- like don't get me wrong. Tears of the Kingdom had a great story, like beginning to end. I really enjoyed it. Well, you know, the story you kind of have to like piece together yourself and everything. I love the gameplay about it. I love all the new stuff with it. But I think it was that story component of Jedi Survivor that really got me hooked. And the fact, like, I'm not a big Soulsborne guy. This game is like a baby Soulsborne. Yeah, you can tone it down. Yeah, but it's like I had so much fun playing with it and it's like that was probably the game where i was like oh i, can, I think i can do Soulsborne games and then i get into elder range get my ass beat i was like oh this game's stupid there's too many options for me that's why i'll, I'll, I'll be eldering one day and that'll be the coolest thing that'll be a whole podcast I'll, I'll make you a guy oh oh god, <laughs> no, god. <laughs> yeah no and uh, i i really enjoyed final fantasy 16 i just don't think it's my i don't think it's my game of the year as well i think it's definitely my top three games i've played this year but I think because like I got a little burned out playing Final Fantasy 16 because of all the side quests, I tr- I forced myself to do it, which is a dumb thing to do. And I really enjoyed the story, but I just I just think it's like on the lower end of my list. Jedi Survivor is definitely number one. Yeah, it's funny. There's also another story that I, I found that I thought about uh, presenting was uh, Final Fantasy 16 not earning as much as they thought it would. Yeah, that's been a, that's been a lot of talks. Yeah, because um, there's so much more upfront cost. It's not that it hasn't mm-hmm. sold. I think it's just as well, they've grown, there's just been a whole lot of... And the fact it's a, it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Is it really? Yeah, so it's... That exclusivity deal ends like December or something like that, so where it will go to PC. Mm. But as we've seen a lot of the PlayStation 5 ports... Like Ratchet and Clank, The Last of Us, 
has not translated well. Right. Like, there's been a whole litany of bug issues and everything. I don't think that's something on Sony's end. I think it's just like those games weren't optimized for a PC and everyone's PC is different while everyone's PlayStation 5 is pretty much the same kind of hardware despite those who kind of like modded and everything. I think they would have had a lot more money had it got also put onto Xbox, like especially on Game Pass. They probably right. would have done really well. Um, but me being a PlayStation PlayStation homeboy, like I don't want it. To, I want it to be exclusive. I want more exclusive games from PlayStation. More. Oh yeah. More. I don't, I don't, fuck Xbox. I don't want. I don't want that shit. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that is that a harsh take? I, I don't hate Xbox. Uh, this is the second time I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I just I'm a, a big PlayStation guy. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so if the console wars are still around, find me on the PlayStation front lines. Shut up, Preston. What new, what other news story you got? <laughs> the other news story that I like, like Will said, was the uh, Metro twenty thirty three author sentenced to eight years in prison. I can uh, I can read it a little bit. Uh, a Moscow court found uh, Dmitry Glukovsky, the author of the original Metro twenty thirty three novel and its sequels, guilty of deliberately spreading false information, leading to a hefty eight year prison sentence. Holy crap! Mm. The charges. State Glukovsky posted tweet or posted texts and videos on his social channels claiming that Russia servicemen have been committing uh, crimes in Ukraine. That's this brutal. is not at all where I thought we were, like today's climate. I thought he's going. Oh, he did something very controversial. No, no, no. It's just Russia being Russia. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much shit because I'm afraid they'll, they'll hack us or attack us or something like that. But I was like, that is not the news story I thought you were going to talk about. Mm, I know it's it's pretty sad. That's I mean. That just overall sucks. I thought it was gonna be something like, wait, like I said, more no, controversial. No, no, no. He he didn't do any. He just like, I he was just anti Russia, and they there's, I think it, they said it was originally fifteen years, but they they they, they talked it down. Again, a lesser sense here, eight years in eight like years. a Moscow prison. God, it sucks. Yeah, that's that's awful. Yeah, but it's a. Oh, we need a happy news. I know. <laughs> Uh, I don't really got much uh, other than like um, you know, I'll give a couple of shout outs to some game developers. Uh, it was Alan Wake. What other game was that? Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. They Assassin's Creed Mirage bumped up their uh, release date to much earlier back in, in October, and Alan Wake Two bumped theirs back. Um, when you consider what's all coming out in October, it's it's too many games. It's mm-hmm. like you got uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I think RPG is also coming out that month. Along with Marvel Spider Man, I heard Hot Wheels is releasing a game. Hot Wheels. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like this is like a good thing for the industry to do because like it make it's a, in the business sense it makes sense. Business sense makes sense. Oh, that's a that's a dumb way to put it. Say that five it, times fast. Business sense makes sense. Business sense. Oh, you win. You win. Congratulations, Preston. You made me look like an idiot. <laughs> you do that to yourself. <sighs> Why do I have a doctorate? <laughs> Biggest waste of money. Education is a scam. No, education is not a scam. As an educational psychologist, education is not a scam. Don't, please, I don't take away my doctorate. I need this. Anywho, um, but it makes sense because the way I, I, I kind of interpret it is if you release all these games at once, people can't evenly divide their attention amongst all the mm-hmm. other different games. So it's a smart sense like, oh, if we push it up, they'll focus on our game. They'll actually buy our game. They won't have to make the hard decision between Assassin's Creed or Spider-Man because if it was me, I'd be picking Spider-Man all day, right, every day. Every day. Um, I just, I'm just not a big Assassin's Creed guy anymore. Yeah, I, I, I played one, two, two Brotherhood, and uh, three, but then after that, I, I fell off. I couldn't get into any others. Yeah, I, I played Origins. Origins was pretty good, but my, um, my biggest gripe, I, I tried Valhalla. Valhalla looks so cool because it's Vikings and everything, but 
what really turned me off was how long it was and then my PS4 wasn't optimized for it. It's right. so like, yeah, I like get a PS4 Pro for it to not be so glitchy when it snows. It's like, oh, frame rate's dropping like crazy. It just wasn't for me. And I didn't like... It, it was very RPG, which is not what the what the Assassin's Creed games that we grew up playing <laughs> right. were like. So that's the cool thing about Mirage is that it's going back to the old style. Oh, man, that first leap of faith whenever uh, in Assassin's Creed 1, Ooh. whenever it was revolutionary for the time, we... Oh, God. That was great. God, I love that. I, I really like Assassin's Creed 1. That's probably like... People say 2 is like one of the best. I really like 1. Even though 1 is super repetitive, it's the game I remember like playing the most. I yeah. remember I did knock out Assassin's Creed 2 in like three days. And then Assassin's Creed 3 was okay. Um, yeah. I liked the premise of Assassin's Creed 3. I thought it was really cool. Um, the, the main character was fucking... He looked cool. Connor. Con- Connor, thank you. Um... But yeah, no, Assassin's Creed 1 was great. That's one of my favorites. And then Alan Wake 2 being pushed back. Smart smart decision move. Yes. Haven't played Alan Wake. Um, Alan Wake 2 looks really good. I'm super into that, though. That, that one's more story-driven, right? So story- might, oh, might, maybe in October. Spooky month. There you it's go. supposed to be a spooky game. Of course, it probably comes out at the end of the month, so we won't be able to play it. <laughs> okay. You got any other news stories for us? That's all I got. All right. Well, with that, everybody, I think it's about time we got our discussion about Bioshock and what I like to call in the renaming of game time Silly Goose Gaming no because we're getting loosey goosey with our beer drinking and answering our questions I think it's time we you know change the title to Silly Goose Gaming because that sounds like a lot more fun so with that we're going to go into a little bit of a description of what Bioshock is get into a little some facts and then we get to our discussion about it how's that sound Preston sounds awesome I don't give a shit what you think thank you <laughs> So, to get started, Bioshock is a first-person shooter game set in the 1960s that follows our main character, Jack. I didn't know that was his name. Jack? Yeah, his name's Jack. Did you know that? I just called him the player. Yeah, I did know that. How did you not know that? This is your favorite game of all time. I didn't say it was my favorite game, Linda. You didn't know the character's name? I don't remember! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jack, who discovers the underwater city of Rapture, built by Andrew Ryan. What's supposed to be a utopia of freedom and venture is actually a dystopian nightmare. The discovery of Adam, a genetic material which grants superhuman powers, initiated the city's turbulent decline. Desperate to escape rapture, Jack fights by defeating Adam-obsessed enemies and big daddies and interacting with the only sane humans left in this underworld world. Underwater world, excuse me. Uh, i also like to mention, uh, shout out to Wikipedia, cite your sources. While it is a first-person shooter, the game of Bioshock incorporates different elements such as role-playing to a certain extent in which the player has a wide variety of options to, as to how they want to play the game. From running in and guns blazing or sticking to the shadows for a more sneaky-seek experience, there are a variety of options to select from. Outside of combat, players are also given the moral decision to either kill or save certain characters. To round it out, the game takes on the genre of survival horror, while also incorporating the same biopunk influence. Which, you know what? I didn't understand why it was called Bioshock, but now it's called, you know, biopunk, like kind of Bio, Bioshock, bio, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah. Me, me using my 2% of a brain. A little bit more in going to the developer, Bioshock was developed by 2K Boston, which is now known as Irrational Games. It was initially released on the Xbox 360 and Microsoft Windows on August 21st, 2007 in North America, and later released on August 24th at the same time that year, for um, Australia and I believe Great Britain, I can't remember, or the UK, excuse me. It wasn't until October of 2008 that Bioshock was finally ported to the PlayStation 3. For some reason, I remember it being released at the same time, but now I remember it was a 360 exclusive, uh, in quotation marks. A little more about the company of Irrational Games. 
company was originally founded in 1997 and has released a variety of games from System Shock 2, Freedom Force, SWAT 4, as well as the two of the Bioshock games, that being Bioshock 1 and Bioshock Infinite, which was probably the first Bioshock game that I played. Mm-hmm. Mounted. However, following the release of Bioshock Infinite, Irrational Games has taken a on a bit more of a rebrand as they went from a studio of 90 people to 15 people. Talk about some major downsizing right there. And since then, have taken on a major focus on developing more narrative-based games. Now, more on Bioshock the game. The original game was released on Xbox 360, as I just mentioned, has a and has a Metacritic score of 96 with a user score of 9.0. Overall, Metacritic says, this is a must-play game. It's good. That's it. That's a tweet. What more do you want from me? Game of the year. Game of the year. Uh, the end of the game of the year. Back, I don't know. You did, oh, hold on. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. Getting, 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 getting there. Probably some sales figures. We're going to give you a little more information about Bioshock. Bioshock. As Bioshock has sold about 4 million copies since its release. I think as a series in total, uh, like 22 million copies between Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite. Uh, especially when you kind of consider like 4 million copies over the course of multiple consoles. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. It's a great game. But of course, it has won several different awards from Game of the Year, Best Visual Arts, Best Audio, Writing. The, the list essentially goes on. Now that we've discussed the nerdy numbers that no one likes, except for me and Preston, because that shit is very interesting to us. I like numbers. Here's some more interesting facts. These are more like in-game related. Bioshock wasn't originally supposed to be under the sea, but on a space station ravaged by monsters... Or, 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 Deborah, even a tropical island populated by Nazis. Whoa. Interesting. The first one sounds a lot better than the second one. I would agree. I, I like the underground one. I like the underwater thing, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a level of creepiness. While, like, yeah, space, I feel like space, people do that a lot. No one does underwater kind of bullshit. I know. Yeah. You, you don't see that a lot. Additionally, Little Sisters weren't always human, in fact. The initial design had them as slugs. It was actually because players didn't feel in- empathy towards like you know testing. kill it <laughs> kill it <laughs> towards the slugs that they decided to shift the design to humans which i thought was a very interesting yep. take because uh you know we get to the little sisters i'm like okay that makes sense um, the little sisters even when you save them they look all bug-eyed and no, weird as it is no no <laughs> they're, they're cute <laughs> cute, they're a, cute where are their eyes don't worry about it <laughs> but um the director of bioshock ken levine is actually the voice behind the Circus of Values vending machine. Circus of Values. God, that is ingrained in my my brain forever. God, when I was trying to listen to like you know those little reels, and it's like just all right, play it, and then you cross it. Circus of I'm trying to listen. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, I'm gonna hack you. Just shut up. And that, that doesn't doesn't stop. No. Yeah, but anyways, those are little fun facts. About our our game, Bioshock. Those are really good facts. I like them. Thank you. They're not as fun as uh, Turt Reynolds from Turt, that. That was. I think that was a highlight. God, that's that's the highlight of the year. When we go, when we do our um, end of the year po- uh, podcast and review from all the games we played, Turt Reynolds is gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun fact. Easy number one. Right Easy now. number one. But you know what? Let's go ahead and get into our actual discussion of Bioshock. I'm pulling up my little synopsis for Bioshock right now. I don't know why I clapped. It was fun. Um, to get started with Bioshock, in 1960, the protagonist, Jack, is a passenger on a plane that crashes in the Atlantic Ocean. As the only survivor, Jack makes his way to a nearby lighthouse that houses a bathysphere terminal. Bathysphere terminal. Well, you know, I don't know why I paused for that one. Um, which takes him to the city of Rapture. Jack is contacted by Atlas via radio and is guided to the front the perils of the ruined city. 
Now, Preston, I want to know, what was your first take when you first set foot in Rapture? I, I love the underground or the underwater uh, aspect. I took like a minute to like, ooh, look, look up and around. I didn't immediately notice the lighthouse is kind of a um, common theme with the Bioshock. Because mm-hmm. isn't, isn't lighthouse pretty prevalent in Infinite? It was, in, yeah, in Infinite. I don't think it was in 2. I haven't, I haven't played 2. Oh, never mind. No spoilers here. So I, I like that. I was like, oh, so there's a there's a link, maybe. But yeah, walking in, I was like, whoa, this is pretty dang cool. Looked at all the little wildlife and all that. I hated it. Why? <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> like you, your first moment in Rapture is like, oh, you're, you're kind of oh, stuck yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You had the immediate splicers. The yeah. spider splicers yeah. just like attacking some guy. You watch someone get murdered in front mm-hmm. of your very eyes. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to bust. Like you have a crackhead essentially trying to bust into your, your little... Bathosphere. I had to think of what it was called. I mean, like, I got like Atlas on the phone. I was like, "Hey, it's okay. I need you to go this way." I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I'll just, just make my way downtown, walking fast, faces past, <laughs> and I'm homebound. <laughs> what do you think of Atlas when you first of uh, when you first came on the phone? This is totally a guy I can trust. And yeah, I can absolutely. I can do everything that he asked me to yeah. do. Yeah, he he good. sounded he sounded he sounded like a very pleasant person. You yeah. know, he had a family. He's mm-hmm. just trying to escape. Mm-hmm. I can trust him wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Um, I don't think we talked. About, I don't think Andrew Ryan comes into play in the very beginning. No, he does. He does. I think it's kind of a little bit later in that uh, intro tutorial sequence. But you know, when we first heard about Andrew Ryan. Oh, you kind of get that big impression of Andrew Ryan when you first get into the lighthouse, mm-hmm. this lighthouse, and he gives gives you know his statue and everything. What did you think of Andrew Ryan when we first saw him? It's like, man, he thinks highly of himself. I thought he's like a an evil Walt Disney. Good comparison. Yeah. He created the happiest place under the sea <laughs> for freedom and venture, freedom <laughs> and capitalism. Adventure. But um, and then of course, like the splicers, kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah, especially when you like you take your first plasmid, which is what the atom infused superpower you can get and everything. Um, you kind of like you pass out from like the sheer like shock. That was kind of a pun. I'm sorry mm. um, of getting that first plasmid, and then you're immediately like people are starting to loot you and everything. Once again, I feel like this game talks a lot about like, um, or gives the perception of like, you know, drug addicts and like what happens to when you like take su- take superpower drugs. Yep. Um, that it turns into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any more thoughts on the the beginning? Uh, no. Uh, you know, I always I like the uh, Adam and Eve reference. The way you refill your uh, uh, Adam or your uh, superpowers is you inject Eve into yourself. He's looking at like he he did not realize this. Oh my god, this is this is my game. I picked this game. I didn't, <laughs> God, you, you're picking up. You picked up. Yeah. All that. I was like, Shit, I'm stupid. Anywho, um, getting more into the story, Atlas requests Jack's help in stopping Andrew Ryan, directing him to a docked bathosphere where he says Ryan has trapped his family. Uh, getting more into the story, Jack will first then yeah you know, after getting making his way downtown walk. Walking fast, faces fast, and he's homebound. He encounters the little sisters and, of course, the big daddy. The big daddy is a giant person-like thing in this big metal suit with a little... The first one you're introduced to, it has a drill and everything. Mm-hmm. Daddy. Um, so you kind of basically take him, take that big daddy out. No, the first one, the first little sister you come across doesn't have a big daddy. You have to um, defeat one of the splicers. But when you get to him, Atlas urges you to kill them and harvest their atom. But you get introduced to Dr. Tenenbaum, who intervenes and insists that you, Jack, the player, should spare them and save them from like killing them and harvesting their atom and everything. So it kind of leaves the player with the choice of, do I kill this thing or do I just save it? 
which leads to my next question, Preston. What did you do? I saved them. I, I, I don't know. I, I felt some. I felt guilty. I was like, man, I, I gotta save them. Mm. So, oh, you're judging. No, I save them too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I found whenever I play a video game, I have like moral choices. I tend to, like my first playthrough, I go For, through the good one. Yeah. I think when I was first did my second playthrough, I was going to do the evil route. Because I was like, what happens if you harvest them? That's right. You can either rescue or harvest them. Harvest sounds terrifying. It does. So so whenever I did that, I was like, I looked it up. I said, which which one should I do? And I looked it up, and I looked like looked up the clip for saving versus harvesting. And I saw the harvest. I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it just got, it's very dark. Or you're doing a very evil. You're killing a little girl. I know, and you pull a slug out of her head. And that's where the slug came from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. I read that like you know you kill them. It like it takes like the slug out of them, oh, and then you harvest Adam from that. Which I think is a very prominent thing in Bioshock 2. Spoilers, of course, once again. So yeah, and then in that kind of phase, you also get introduced to the Big Daddy. Um, what did you think of the Big Daddy when you first saw him? Daddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> I should have. That's on me. That's on me. That's my, my apologies. I thought I was like, man, this is cool. It's freaky as hell. But the first time you actually like fight one when you fight one yeah oh my god like i was i was sitting there i was playing it and i was just like shooting him from afar and then all of a sudden he comes he does that he closes in on me (laughs) (laughs) oh great heavens (laughs) (laughs) scared the fire out of me did you die when fighting of course (laughs) i was not expecting that i was just like oh my god run away i um so i played on so spoiler for everybody um i played on new game plus so i had like all the weapons and all the power-ups. Because I went through it. It's my, it was my full second playthrough. First time, I actually got my ass rocked by the Big Daddy and everything. He drilled me. <laughs> that was unintentional. That was unintentional. He hit me with his, his drill, the spinny thing. His big giant drill. <laughs> uh, anyways, he like he, he wrecked me. And so, like, but when you finally, when you finally kill the Big Daddy, it's a little satisfying. It's a little satisfying. Because it's, oh, like, yeah. it's, like it's not easy. New right. Game Plus, it's very easy because right. um, you have all the weapons. So since right. you can just kind of wreck, wreck shop with him and everything. So we, we both went with the, the good decision to save the little sisters and everything. Yeah, I, I, I decided to just stick with one, especially mm-hmm. after I didn't want to see that uh, cut scene over and over again. So I, I went with uh, saving them through the entire duration. Okay, yeah, so that's what I my next question was like, um, I, I went with that move the entire go through. And I think you get, a, um, you get a trophy for both, like either harvesting all the little sisters or saving mm-hmm. all the little sisters. Um, now if you're into trophies and everything, that's a little fun thing to do. I got, I got, I saved all of them. I'm a, I'm a hero. You're a hero. I'm a hero. You need a hero. <laughs> oh, tie it back to Shrek. <laughs> tie you're, it back. Your second favorite movie. Oh, you don't even like that scene. You, you, you think Donkey? I didn't sing. say I didn't like oh, it. That's why I interpreted. That's what our fans are going to interpret just, it as. I, I, I interpreted it as you hated the fairy godmother. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good take. That's a good take. Yeah. You got anything else to talk about that? After your first introduction with to the, the big first boys? introduction, I, I just kind of figured the better thing to do would be either save all of them or harvest all of them. So I, I stuck with harvesting. It sounds so dark when you say harvest and everything. Yeah, they tried to tell you they're not really they're not really little girls. They're they're you know monsters, whatever. But when you harvest them, they sure turn into. <laughs> or when you when you save them, they 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 sure look like little girls, even if they're. Bug-eyed and look weird. Yeah, Atlas just, uh, just uh, he's kind of a jerk in that situation. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, anyways, Jack eventually works his way to find the bathosphere that Atlas was initially talking about. But Ryan destroys it before Jack can even reach it. 
Infuriated, Atlas asked Jack to fight his way through various districts toward Ryan's lair, forcing Jack to contend with Rapture's deranged citizens along the way. Now, of course, I'm kind of jumping ahead with that because when you first get, you're making your way to the bathosphere, you have to go through a number of different people to reach that pinnacle point. So there, with that, you kind of fight these, in my opinion, the major figureheads associated with Rapture, starting with Dr. Simeon? Simeon. Simeon, yeah. So who is a plastic surgeon who is obsessed with developing the, like, the most perfect plastic surgery. What were your thoughts for that whole level in dealing with the doctor? I love the creepiness of it. I kind of I like that kind of stuff. So it's, oh, it was yeah. like, oh, this is so creepy. There, there, there was one, I think it was in that same area, where you go to, through a dentist's office. There's nothing scarier than a dentist's office. But you go in, I think you unlock a safe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then like, it get, like you, you first enter that room, it gets like all foggy and everything. You hear it go, <laughs> not like that, not that tone, but it's like, <laughs> and like, you know, the guy's running around you. It's like, I'm already on edge at this point. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like, you're still exploring and everything. It does it again. You're like, what the hell? And you get to the safe and you open it and everything. It does the fog. And you're like, oh, it's weird. And you turn around and then bam. <laughs> it's just, right did you get to that point? Um, is that does that ring any bells? I, that doesn't ring, the part where it all like kind of goes dark for a little bit yeah. where you get the shotgun. No, not that part. That's a good that part, part though. That's in the same. That's the same level though. Yeah, I remember that, that part freaked me out. It's like it got all dark and then everybody's charging and, and, after you. Yeah. And I, I just remember I was looking back and forth. Where are they? Where are they coming from? Because you just uh, hear footsteps. Yep. God, it's such God. The level is so creepy. I one thing I still terrified me. It made me very anxious on my playthroughs. Because when you like defeat one enemy and you go to like open a chest or something like that, it triggers like an event where more enemies pop up. And it always like I would have to like turn around really quickly because like oh god, this game is so scary. Not scary, creepy. Just knowing like these drug addicts can attack me at any moment mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, I'll call them out. Splicers, you Splicers, freaks, Adam freaks. Especially when you knock off their mask and you see what the plasmids have done to them. Ooh. And it's like I- I'm telling you, this is what the Dare Project. That's what they need to incorporate. Picture <laughs> this is what happens when you do meth. Not that commercial back in like what's it two thousands? Like this is your brain on meth, and the lace smashes an egg and everything. It's like, huh? Hmm. True, but I think if you show me the face of the splicer, I won't do meth ever again. Again, that came out weird. Just, didn't it? <laughs> just once, just once. Meth only once. <laughs> no, never do meth. Never do meth. Be responsible, people. Don't do that. <laughs> But um, um, little little fun uh, tidbit that I noticed one time is that if you have a you know those little med stations, mm-hmm. if uh, you don't smash it, you can actually see the the splicers go and use the med station. Yeah, I did. I was whenever I saw that, I was like, what a cool detail. I don't think. I don't, yeah, I, I saw that a few times. You smash the med station. Yeah, if you smash the med station, a uh, a little med pack will pop down. It makes a lot it. more sense than spending money. Wow, I'm stupid. I didn't do that. I didn't explore that. I didn't know that was an option. Because I would always just hack it. And you know, I did a lot of hacking in this mm-hmm. game. Which, um, that's one of the features is that you can hack robots, cameras, all this kind of stuff to kind of make the gameplay a little bit easier. So you get, I got very acquainted with the minigame. I um, hated that minigame. It, it, it was, was very annoying, but I was very good so, at it. I can see that, but that's just like this. It's like at first time I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I wonder if they're going to make me do this every time. And oh, yeah. sure enough. So there towards the end, I just, I just paid to hack it. I yeah, just that's, didn't that's do what I was mini. doing as well. Getting a, you're doing all that kind of stuff, going getting a shotgun, getting more plasmids to eventually confront the doctor himself, which you come up to him and he was 
First off, some definitely have a horror story, which this game is very, a survival horror, of course. Mm-hmm. But you kind of come up, he's doing surgery on a dead person, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And lights reveal person who looks like they've been crucified, essentially. And like just kind of tore up and everything. It's just like this, the imagery is so disturbing yeah. at this point. And then when he notices you, he's like, oh, you're in perfect murder. murder. He tries to kill you. And I, I set him on fire. It was pretty Very yeah, satisfying yeah, absolutely yeah. Did, did did you were you reminded of anything when you saw the the crucified people it reminded me of a lot of last of us part two. Oh shoot we, yeah. we we get the how oh, i can't remember what they are but a lot of the uh the vipers i think is that game yeah yeah and so i was like ooh, reminds me of part two. Oh man that's good yeah no no, no think about that it reminds me of the the beach setting mm-hmm. um but yeah but so once you get through dr Simeon, or the Doc, we'll just call him the Doc because I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. You kind of get a key that kind of allows you to get further into, closer to the bathosphere. That's when we get to the fisheries and we have our old boy Peaches. Peaches? I hate, hated that guy. He's the, for what, he's he, I think in one of my notes, I was like this guy looks like he's a, a sexual offender or a predator. I can totally see that. It's just like he, so you kind of get there and you need, and Atlas is telling you to get, uh, tag up with Peaches so he can let you through and everything. Well, Peaches doesn't trust you. And he tells you, like, okay, you need to go take some pictures and everything. Mm-hmm. And then while you're doing that, a spider splicer, which is the, the thing that tried to kill you in the beginning, comes out of nowhere. And they're like, they're, they're cre- oh, God, think about it right now. It just really creeps me out. Because they climb on the, the ceiling. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, <laughs> does whatever a spider can but like what for me like so you he sends you on this mission gives you a camera it's like go oh, take some pictures I'm like this is so counterproductive what I need to do right now Peaches Here's, what a stupid name you have pictures why do we need to take pictures <laughs> <laughs> so he, he you you go on this whole freaking mission to go take three pictures of spiders spider splicers but you have to go on the opposite side of the map in these creepy areas and meanwhile the whole time jukeboxes are playing. Of these 1960s music. Oh, that was great. My favorite's like, can we get this puppy in the window? Or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, it's the one song that comes to my mind the entire time. But it's like, like I said, they got, they got the best audio. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. You know, they're really hitting the themes of the 1960s. It really felt like, like that old school vibe. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a creepy game. But then they have like that happy-go-lucky, upbeat 60s, 50s yep. music. But so you essentially get the pictures for Peaches. And he's like, okay, you can come in. But you have to put your weapons up. You, 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 I don't know what you do. It's like, my man, I have superpowers. I can set you on fire if I want right. to. And so, <clears throat> before you get into yeah. that, they uh, or uh, if you haven't, well, if you haven't found all the little sisters or all the uh, big daddies, mm-hmm. it will tell you you're about to enter a very difficult area. <laughs> and I, I got that because I couldn't find one of the big daddies that said ask her it. I'll, I'll just go on, but then I got a little pop up and it said mm-hmm. you're about to come. You may want to go get, may want to look up. <laughs> See, I was like, like, ah, all right. I'm I, remember, to- I remember getting those, but like the completionist in me, I was like, oh, I gotta clear the little sisters area and everything. Like, I think I, I went, like, I, I got the trophy and everything. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave an area without making sure I got all, t- took care of all my little sisters and mm-hmm. everything. Getting into that moment where Peach just kind of lures you in to mm-hmm. his, his like, layer, his layer, which was like an ice box yeah. and crap like that. He's like, ah, I got you now. I was like, my man. Superpowers again. I, I was expecting this. I'm prepared. <laughs> so it was Call like, an ambulance. <laughs> not <for> me. <laughs> it was like it was, it was a very easy boss fight. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm just like, I'm so glad I got, took care of that stupid guy. He was the worst. I beat the fuck out of him with the wrench. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I just sat on fire and like, you know, typical stuff. It's like, boom, dead. Mother effa, you suck. But like, I think one of the fun things about, uh, not really fun things, the, the really interesting things about the whole gameplay and the, the level design and everything is the little tape records you get throughout. So that way you can get a little background information. Yeah. So that way you're like, you know, fire hosts your face of all this information and everything. It gives you a little backstory about all the characters. One that kind of really stuck with me and kind of like, as I thought about the major themes of this game, was Peach's backstory and how he became this paranoid freak of nature who is probably a predator and is a sexual offender for sure. Was that he like, he crossed like Fontaine. Fontaine's also another major player in this game, but I believe at this point he's considered dead. I think he is dead. Yeah, he is dead. And, but he's like, he mentions like, yeah, cross Fontaine and everything. He, he won't care. He won't notice. And it was like, and ever since then, he's been comparing like, because of course Fontaine found out mm-hmm. and shit. So it's like, it's those little stories that like really bring an emphasis, like what happened to these characters and everything. That's the same with Dr. Simeon, where you kind of see his delve into madness and this perfection and everything. James Fontaine? Yeah, since you, br- since you brought it up. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, Preston brought up a good point of who Fontaine is. Um, so, Fontaine's kind of like, I guess, like, I can't remember too much about him other than he's kind of like this crime lord. He's kind of like, you know, the godfather, the Al Pacino of Rapture. At least that's that's my take on it. But he's, like, either dead or he's gone missing at this point. No one, like, from my understanding, like, no one knows where he is, but people are paranoid, much like our, our man Peaches. He's not my man. That, that, that guy's disgusting. He's a freak. Uh, I would never associate with a sexual offender and predator like Peaches Bozowski. Not again. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> but as we... As we, we kind of get through the fisheries and everything, that's when we get to the bathosphere. And we're supposed to help Atlas and his family and everything. But as you get to the point where you're helping Atlas, you see him for the first time. And he's like, oh, oh, going to help my family and everything. All right, cool. And then Andrew Ryan cuts it. And he's like, you're fucking with my man too much right now. Mm. You're fucking with my money. And so <laughs> Andrew Ryan goes, not today, bitch. And destroys the bathosphere like I mentioned earlier. Mm. So what, what was your interp- what would you think when he destroyed the, the bathosphere with Atlas? I was like, at this point, I didn't know what the uh, the ending was. So I was like... Oh man, he's he's not gonna be able to get back to his family. Poor guy. I was like, all right, let's let's go f this guy up. Yeah, it's like at this point, it's like all right, I'm all in. Let's do some murdering. I'm all in on the murders. This is gonna be fun. Let's kill him. And the whole time, like you got um, splicers coming left and right at you. You're trying to make your way out. I remember my first playthrough, and I was having a difficult time. I was like low on health at this point. But as we moved past the destroyed bathosphere, that's when we get into the gardens. Ooh, a nice little pleasant. change. It's very beautiful. It's that nice green. Uh, until a you get a pleasant shade of, of, of gray and brown. Of death. Yeah. And that's where we get introduced to a new enemy type, which terrified me. It terrified me for a while because all you hear, ha 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 ha, the laughter. And then mm. the, the, that was a noise. I, I'm not the noise guy. That's usually pressing. Do, do a vanishing noise. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, I'll get yeah. that. Right, you're not fired today. But you get introduced to the Houdini Spicers, who are Spicers with, obviously, they have superpowers, but they can disappear and reappear at any, at any point. And it's just like another level of edge that I'm already experiencing in this terrifying game, and I'm not having a good time, and I'm terrified, and it's not fun, and I'm about to cry again. <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> but you make your way through the gardens, and you essentially 
get locked out. And Andrew Ryan said, oh, you want, you want to breathe with this oxygen, the trees mm. I have? Nope. And he kills all the trees. A monster. He, he doesn't care about Planet Rapture. No, he doesn't. No. So what you have, what you're t- has to do is meet up with Langford and kind of do a little scavenger hunt to go get some more stuff for her. Whew. Ooh, Langford. The only nice major figure in Rapture. Yep. And so eventually like you, she lets you into her office and everything. She's like, oh yeah, I can trust you. You're fine. But you get there and Andrew Ryan, he's, he's fucking watching. He's got the cameras on and everything. He sees what Langford's doing and Langford's locked in her office. And he says, hmm, you need her help? That's too bad. So he kills Langford by poisons her by poisoning her. All of her to all wish for her to kind of get that chance to write a little code on there for mm-hmm. you, so you can, we can get access to it and figure out what you need to purify the whole like the trees that have been poisoned and everything. Smoke fills her office as you're looking on behind a window, and the last thing you see is a little hand coming up to write a code five four seven seven or something like that. Wow! And then you go into her office and you. Enter that code into her safe, and you get what you need. I was hanging on every word person was saying. I just said that. I, I understood that. <laughs> but uh, I just remember in my first playthrough, in my second playthrough, the New Game Plus glitches. So like, I was about to do like the whole scavenger hunt thing, look for everything, and then it stopped. So I was like, oh, you got everything. I'm like, sick, let's go do this. <laughs> anyway. But um, since you went through it, tell me a little bit about that scavenger hunt. Remind me what all you had to collect. Oh, girl, I have no idea because I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, I need to remember, there's multiple scavenger hunts. So I'm to, trying to... Yeah, it's like you had to get some like certain chemicals or certain ingredients to kind of make the antidote for all the poison yes. that Andrew Ryan just kind of led into the gardens and everything. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the um, uh, scavenger hunts because, oh yeah, you had to find the flower uh, at uh, one yeah. point. And like, I had already explored a lot of that area. <laughs> so it's just like, I had already gone down there. I was just like, oh, okay, well, I could have picked this up earlier. So I went back down there. <laughs> And picked it up. I already cleared out all the people. Yeah. So was, I don't think they respond. So picked that up and it's like, okay, this is, yeah, this is fine. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah. And so eventually you kind of make your way, make way through and get all the stuff for the scavenger hunt. And you go to put the antidote into the system and everything. You have to go through like this little protect the house kind of ordeal. Which for me, New Game Plus mode, of course, was fairly easy. Preston, how, how was your experience? Oh, I liked, I liked that, that setting. I think you got... Um, Atlas gives you some proximity mines mm. and things like that. So I was just able to kind of set up all those. And I, I like that section. It was fun. Did you have a big daddy in your area while you were doing that? In that area? Yeah. Like in the, I guess, Langford's office area. Yeah. I'm, there was a big daddy later. But I, I figured out if you don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. Yeah. Especially if they don't have a little Do you know, you know how difficult that is when they're in the same area that you're trying to protect? I had to deal with those enemies <laughs> and a big daddy at the same time. I was like, I'm, oh no! Wait, stop! It's like it's the I don't think I think it was the Rosie the Riveter one or the yeah. And so like those are the worst. Those mm-hmm. are the absolute worst. The one with the drill. Oh, I can handle that. Rosie the Riveter just shooting me, shooting like it's just, and then throwing proximity mines at me. Leave me alone! I didn't do nothing to deserve this. But anyways, we get to the point where we. You know, save the trees and everything. We kind of move more into it. We're getting close to the next bathosphere that we need to get to in order to get to Andrew Ryan and end his life. That Walt Disney look like motherfucker. Was that aggressive? A little bit, but I hate Andrew Ryan. (laughs) I hate him. But you get to like what? This wasn't my favorite one. It's very creepy in the understanding of what you have to do. But you get to Fort Frolic, which has been occupied by Rapture's local theater man, Sandra Cohen. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, I didn't like this part. I didn't mind it. I, you said that you didn't like it, but you know, it's it's like the the bad thing is like like I said, I'm a I'm a chronic explorer. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the so I had already kind of meandered around, and by the time I realized that. Um, there's a couple areas that I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna be directed to go mm-hmm. explore these areas. So I like, I went and found like the upgrade and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go backtrack. And, um, uh, then he sent sent us on the, you gotta go kill these three people. Yeah. That was like, and see, that's fine. Like it's so much explore in that one area. Yeah, there, there is. And like, you have to be careful where you shoot. Cause they're like, he's in a more of like a strip mall kind of area. So if you break glass, he's like, oh. Vandalism's not allowed, and then like all the bots come and come. Uh, you didn't have to do. Oh, that. I didn't have to. Uh, yeah, I, I I learned the hard way. What happens when you vandalize? I guess I'm, my accuracy is just a lot better. <laughs> Get bent! How dare you? How dare you? In your own home. <laughs> hey, we're not in my hot uh, upstairs bonus Thank room. Thank God, this time. I'm wearing jeans today. So what, before you get like to, so essentially, Sandra, old, old Mr. Cohen tells you to go kill these people. You're first introduced to the level of madness this man has and his idea of perfection to what kind of theatrical performance he wants to do. You're, you enter this one theater to someone who has their legs plastered to the ground playing the piano. He's like, I'm not going to do this. And he explodes. He explodes, showing the madness behind Mr. Cohen and everything. And then you go back to the original area you came from and you find his masterpiece, which is a bunch of people who have been plastered representing like a ballet or some sort. So he tasks you with killing three other people who are like his enemies or something like mm-hmm. that. And taking pictures of them. Take pictures. Once again, to going complete, back to taking pictures. To complete my masterpiece. Oh, gosh. And then, so you go about killing them and you go return it and gives you a little reward. Except for the one where he's like, yeah, I don't trust you. I want to murder you. And sends like a litany of sp- uh, splicers yeah. to go yeah. kill you. Yeah. But he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean that. We're just having a good time, right? Yeah, Dick, sure. I think there's like a there's one backstory in there. I know we weren't gonna really get into like the records, but uh, it was when Jack was having a like a flashback to where when you get to the strip club, essentially, um, you get there and it's like, oh, Mister Ryan's like, oh, my man Andrew Ryan, Walt Disney is going to the strip club. Okay, wow, didn't expect this. And then he murders the the stripper, and mm. everything. I was like, oh, well, messed up. Oh yeah, it took it took a turn, but like that whole area itself was like just. Very creepy in general. Um, a haunted strip club. It's not, not something where I want to go and everything. Yeah. So eventually get to the point where you take all the pictures mm-hmm. and everything. And that's when Mr. Cohen reveals himself. And I thought that was a bold move. He comes he comes prancing down them steps. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a, the, the center center of a of everything. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. about to F you up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of my next questions. It's like, what, did, did you kill him? It's like, I gave him a second. I think there was a couple other... Uh, uh, there were some couple trophies or a chest there that I wanted to see yeah. if he would unlock. And so by the time he kind of finished his prancing around, I was like, RPG! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I also made the mood to kill him and everything. Because, like, you just need to do all this work. And, like, I bet my boy Atlas wants you gone. So yeah. let me just take care of you and everything. Uh, but at which point, I forgot to mention, when you get to Fort Frock and everything, Sandra Cohen kind of cuts you off from reaching that next bathosphere and everything. He cuts your line with Atlas, so you're only mm. communicating with him at that point, which is pretty significant. So when you finally do all that stuff, uh, Atlas is like, oh, where, where you been? He's like, right, hold on, I got to take care of this. Bam! <laughs> all right, cool. I have another question for you. Did you take a picture of him? Yeah. Yeah, so you got the trophy. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'm going to take a picture of you. I, 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 really, I didn't know there was a trophy. I was like, oh, okay. 
Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, that's fun. Um, did you have anything else to talk about with uh, Fort Frolic and everything? No, I, I like the, uh, I thought that, I kind of like that area. There's a lot to explore. It's yeah. pretty dense. It took me a little while to get through it. Um, but I like the, uh, the where you're like in the freezer ice mm, section. Yeah. You got frozen. Oh, yes. Oh, man. I was, I was kind of like, uh, I was like, oh, God, what's happening points what's, and everything. What's, what's going on? Yeah, I, I, I like, I kind of like that section. Mm. So after you kill Mr. Cohen and everything, you get into the bathroom. Mr. Frolic. You, now you're going into um, Hephaestus, which is where Andrew Ryan's lair is, essentially, or his office, excuse me. Um, that's a very, I, I enjoyed that. I think, like, in the moment, I was like, I'm not too crazy about this one, but I think there's a lot of themes to explore, like this idea of power that Andrew Ryan has. Like, so many people, because when you walk up to his door, there are people just hanging. All the people who have tried, who have crossed um, Andrew Ryan, who are trying to get to him, and it kind of shows, like, yeah, f- fuck around and find out, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it's terrifying, especially when you listen to the, the tape recordings and everything of what they were doing. It's like, oh God, they really tried their best and they, they can they mm-hmm. do it. What were your thoughts on that? Or on that level in general? I liked it. I, I was kind of just continuing to working through. I didn't have too many uh, thoughts on that, that mm-hmm. section. Yeah, it was like, I mean, essentially, there's not a lot of story components other than like you have to build a bomb to get into Andrew Ryan's um, office because he has a security mechanism where it's overpowered and everything like you can't break it open so oh that the no the section where you have to build the bomb yeah yeah so that 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 one was another scavenger hunt God, and that, that that one that one aggravated me because uh like i said the things that you needed to collect were already like things i've passed yeah and i had like there was obvious sections that you had to collect like something that was shiny on the on the on the, on the table right and i was like I'm going to have to come back to this. I know it. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. So then sure enough, you got to go uh, collect the things for the bomb. And so we went back, collected the things. And then we put the, yeah, to say that I, I didn't like the, the scavenger hunt either. Cause the worst part was like, I, I liked how you have a directional arrow telling you where to go for everything. Oh yeah. That was very helpful. And then, and then for this one, it didn't turn on. So I was like, are you serious? I have to go find this thing. And for the long time, I was trying to find the one part that's associated with the Big Daddy, and like I could, like I got to the point where none were responding anymore. And I was like, "What the hell is the deal?" So I only had like three, but then the game said, "Oh, you have enough." I'm like, "New game plus." Once again, broken. Mm-hmm. But then, as I'm making my way back to Andrew Ryan's uh, lair after I set off the bomb and everything, which I believe that's the same area because that's, that's where the core is and everything, I discovered the um, the other Big Daddy, the dead Big Daddy you see in the beginning. I was like. Oh, I could have gotten this a long time ago. I just yep. forgot because I'm a big dumb dumb. The last part was really fun when you essentially like, you know, it's similar to what you did in Langford's office and everything. You set up proximity mines and yeah. you go down to the core. Um, I had to only deal with one splicer, got through my uh, proximity mines and everything. I, I, I sat back and watched them all blow up. It was very, that was very satisfying. Uh, absolutely. But you, you bust up in the core destroy the core and everything's kind of going haywire at this point. So you're able to get through Andrew Ryan's lair, which brings us to our next point of when we're getting to into uh, Andrew, Ryan, Andrew Ryan's lair, at which point he goes, fuck it. Let's destroy the whole thing. So like, Oh God. Oh no. Oh my God. My man. So everything's cr- crumbling around you. And you're just like, okay, I got to hurry, kill this man so I can stop rapture from imploding on itself. So, which brings us to our next overall story point as we move through the major figures Eventually, Jack enters Ryan's office and explains Jack's true origins. 
Through his dialogue and the evidence the player can gather up to this point, it is revealed that Jack is actually Ryan's illegitimate son, sold by Ryan's mistress as an embryo to Fontaine, who then had Tenenbaum and Suchong, Dr. Suchong, rapidly age Jack into adulthood and turn into an obedient assassin capable of accessing any of Rapture's systems locked to Ryan's genetic code and thus ensure Fontaine's victory in the war. Jack was then smuggled to the surface with false memories of a normal life, waiting to be called back to Rapture when needed. Ryan suddenly takes control of Jack's actions by asking, Would you kindly? Which is something we didn't mention at the beginning. When you first enter Rapture, Atlas asks you, Would you kindly? And throughout the whole time, Atlas is saying, Would you kindly do this? Would you kindly kill this person? Would you kindly do this? So on and so forth. Jack realizes this phrase, has preceded many of Atlas's commands as a hypnotic trigger, forcing him to follow any orders without question. Jack also realizes he was responsible for the plane crash, having read a letter on board containing the same trigger phrase. So, this this twist I already known about when mm-hmm. I first did my playthrough. So it wasn't as mind blowing. But for you, tell me what what did you think about that? That was like you know I was I was into the story. I was like, all right, we're gonna go, go kill this guy. But then like the the realization, like he said, would you kindly? And then they do a little flashback to Atlas saying, would you kindly? Would you kindly? Would you kindly? Would you kindly? I was like, <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, and the the craziest thing when you get to um, Andrew Ryan's office, you go to a board where it just says. Would you kindly, in big red letters with all these things linking you, the player, to all the major figureheads and everything. And you listen to the tape recorder of Dr. Suchong telling this little boy, which it turns out it's Jack, to would you kindly kill this puppy or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't like, know. Oh, but, I don't, but I don't want to. And, then, and it's just, and it's, just it's, it's wild. And like the, the phrase of would you kindly is something like you just didn't think. Like, no. I thought Atlas was being polite. I, yeah, I did too. Um, it's just such a, it was a perfect uh, phrase because it blends in perfectly. Absolutely. Like I said, it sounds like he's being polite and everything. Yeah. So you don't think of anything. Would you kindly? So at that point, with the twist being revealed, Ryan chooses to die by his own will and compels Jack to beat him to death with a golf club, saying, The man chooses, the slave obeys. Atlas then reveals himself to be Fontaine. The, the whole Al Pacino of Rapture, having faked his death, he did fake his death, that's what it was, and used Atlas as an alias to hide his identity while providing a heroic figure for the poor to rally behind. With Ryan finally dead, Fontaine takes control of Ryan's systems and leaves Jack to be killed by hostile security drones. Obviously, the twists keep coming. What did there, you there think was, of that? There was another one. I, I was getting wore out by him, but the uh, where he was Fontaine, I felt so manipulated and so, so deceived. Um, there was a part of me right right after you know J- uh, Andrew Ryan destroys the first bathosphere. Whenever Atlas was trying to escape to his family, mm-hmm. and you know he said, "Would you kindly go kill him?" And I was just like, I, I didn't I didn't think anything of the "Would you kindly?" But you were like, like "Man, well, you go do it yourself, you lazy bastard!" Yeah, I was like, "Man, you're sure following these instructions?" Oh, okay, whatever. It's just for the plot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, I thought we were friends. I know we were gonna have a book club together. <laughs> I was going to meet your kid. Oh, your kid died. Excuse me. <laughs> I was your kid's godfather. <laughs> so we're at the point where Fontaine reveals himself and we feel manipulated, abused, uh, mistreated. I lost a friend. So he tries to kill you. And then Tenenbaum's like, oh, I got you. Little sisters escort you back to their lair and everything. 
where Tenenbaum essentially fixes you. And kind of breezing past this point, because this wasn't like, I, yeah, you needed this vial, this antidote to kind of get rid of like the final hole that Fontaine has mm-hmm. on you, which he, he calls code yellow and everything, to where your life force is drained, your plasmids are going crazy, essentially. So you have to go through this whole thing where you get all of like the materials needed or the vials, I guess, to make the antidote. And then um, all that to say, like you're going into more of um to go kill Fontaine at this point. The man has crossed you. It is time for revenge. And then that last little part is like you have to get through it. And like, it's, a, it's a fun little section. It's not really, I don't think it's something very pertinent to the story other than Fontaine constantly threatening you. He's like, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this, man. It's, it's not worth it where you become like, you essentially take on a role as a big daddy, or you dress like one. Yeah, essentially. yeah. That, that was cool. Yeah, that was that was a little fun. It was another scavenger hunt, which took me a little bit longer than expected, but it's it, it was fun to hear Fontaine just like pleading with you, like, "Please, man, you don't want to do this. <laughs> We're gonna be friends." <laughs> I didn't mean it. And like, the, I noted like the the amount of desperation that man had. He's like, "You're like you were the closest thing I had to a son. Now I gotta kill you." I'm like. All right, man, you, you betrayed me. I'm a, I'm a, gen, a genetic mutated freak. You gave me false memory. Yeah, I'm a son to you. Sure, absolutely. Sure. Um, so you get to the point where you finally face Fontaine, who, out of sheer madness and power trip and everything, pumps his body full of Adam to become this absolute super freak, looking do- like Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. Have you seen Watchmen before? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, so you know your doctor. Okay, you got yeah. the reference. Thank God. It was a very nerdy reference, which is very much in line with this and everything. Yep. But all that to say is that you essentially fight Ryan, not Ryan, Fontaine, and you kill him. It's not, not much more to that other than, you know, you just you shoot him. It was a very boring boss fight. Yeah, I, I remember it, it not taking very long. It wasn't wasn't too difficult. It was very predictable. Like, oh, he's got security. Oh, he's got splicers. Whatever. I can take care of this real quick. But you kind of get to the end phase where, um, so like I said, Fontaine transformed himself. And what helps you at the end for a little cutscene is the little sisters came in and attacked him. Now this goes into the result of two possible endings. You got the good ending and you have the bad ending. The good ending is you take the little sisters away because you, you saved them. You, you saved all the little sisters. So you take them to the world. They go to college, get married, all this kind of stuff. You essentially raise a family of girls and everything. And you kind of saved them from this life that would have been hell if it, it was called rapture. But do you know what the bad ending is? What's a bad ending? So if you harvested, like, if you killed the little sisters, you killed, like, I think it's, like, more than two or three, you get the bad ending where essentially, like, a U.S. Navy ship or submarine that's carrying a nuclear bomb on it, mm. it's surrounded by bathospheres. And in those bathospheres are splicers. Oh, good. Essentially, like, there's rapture coming to invade the world and have their hands on a nuclear weapon at this point. And Tenenbaum's narrating it. And the more little sisters that you killed, the more darker it got. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That is the game of Bioshock, everybody. That is, that is Bioshock. It is a very good game. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead to the verdict. I'm not getting to the verdict, but it was just a very dark, scary game with a crazy twist. And uh, okay, okay, ending. It's kind of like a very yeah. like oh, okay, so it's the ending. It's done. We're done. It was. It was good. The the moments leading up to it is kind of sometimes the the talk seems like gibberish or mm-hmm. the especially the recordings like you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's hard to it's like I sometimes like when I did my first playthrough, I had to stop and listen. Like, where okay, where, where what the hell are they saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. But like this playthrough, I was like, I was walk, I was doing stuff. Like I couldn't multitask, so um, I didn't get a lot of the backstories this time. Mm-hmm. I didn't also didn't make an effort to go and look for a lot of stuff. Like there's one in that 
phase when you're going looking for the um, the vials and everything for the antidote, where you can go explore the orphanage and everything. Didn't do it this time. Mm. I was like, let me get, let me beat this game. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't care at this point. But what did you think about the overall ending? I liked it. Like I said, the I wasn't really fully invested in it. Like I was kind of trying to get through it. There was a there was a part at one point where it was I was about a quarter of the way through and I had been playing and I had to also I had to get out from my chair and then uh, I had to go do my dad duties but then when I came back it was like time to go to bed mm. so I just I thought it had auto saved so I I did an alt F4 and I cleared it came back the next day and I was like oh my god it didn't save so I lost like 2 or 3 hours worth of oh uh, that's a lot gameplay. So that that one was a bit of a bummer. I was a I was pretty aggravated by that. So my my fix was I lowered it down to the easy difficulty and I just and I blazed through. You weenie. You, I know. So you can get through this game pretty quick if you know where you're going. Yep. That, so, that, that was me. That was me. So if you know exactly where you're going and what you're doing, like I was actually able to catch up to it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'd be I was kind of like, it's like, where's the story going? I mean, it's good, but then I got to the ending. I was like, oh, that's cool. So, I, I liked it. I, I did. I would. Um, I kind of like this podcast because you know, especially after that, where I lost my save and I wasn't fully invested mm-hmm. in it, I probably would have abandoned it. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of forces me to actually continue and play. You know, a game that's good. I'm glad this podcast holds you. Accountable. Yeah, it, hold, it held me accountable. Or fire my, you. My my ADD kicks in and I I just like eh what's next yeah so. I, I feel that okay yeah I I enjoyed the um I enjoyed the ending it was a nice little like because I got the good ending it's like oh this is nice and everything but it's like the ending felt so abrupt everything yeah. everything leading up to like the twist and everything it's like oh it's the uh, classic game everything you get the twist like oh god and then the last bit of the game is kind of like yeah yeah no it's it's good don't get me wrong I, I like hearing the backstories and everything that's a huge part of this game but. It was a lackluster boss, and then you kind of get into like this like very quick ending. It's like, oh, okay. It's kind of, the ending felt rushed to me almost. But in that, it's, I still enjoyed the game. Like, yeah. Even the, even having known the twist and this whole story behind it, I was like, this game's awesome. Yeah. This game is so fun. The uh, like like I said the the ending cutscene was brutally short. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like they only had like so much space on the disc because it was definitely felt like an Xbox 360 uh, yeah. ending. And it's like, oh, they do this, 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 and we're done. Yeah. And so, but I really like the happy ending where they they grow old or like they they leave Rapture and then they there's a cutscene where they're like kind of growing old together and then I guess Jack was dying and there's like a, a thing where all the the old yeah. little sister hands are like kind of circled around them. They're all married. Good for them. Yep. <laughs> there there was a section where towards the ending where you're kind of going up to confront Andrew Ryan. There's a, a sequence where you saw two splicers dancing together, kind of slow dancing to classical oh. music. I was like, oh. So I, I took a picture. Then boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I took a picture of it and then I go beat the hell out of him with my wrench. <laughs> There's no happiness in Rapture. Hell. It's hell. It's all hell. You can't have good times. So, Will, are you ready for the final verdict or the final... Oh, I got some questions for you, Deborah. Oh, let's go. I, I One thing I wanted to talk about, because I noticed it about halfway through, right around I got like, the peaches and everything. What? Um, I don't want to say my answer just yet, but did you pick up on any major themes throughout the game of uh, 
Bioshock. Major themes. Yeah. Like, was there a theme that like, stuck out to you and everything? With respect to Peaches? Anything. The whole the game in general. The overall theme of drug addicts and... <laughs> no, nothing's coming to mind. All right. Um, so... I want to, I'm going on my, my literature kick right here. This is me like doing a just interpretation of what I thought the major theme was. The overall major theme is um, power and what we do with it and everything. Because when you look at all the major figureheads, Simeon wanted the power to make everyone perfect. Peaches wanted just power in general, made him paranoid. As a result, Langford, Trees, didn't really, wasn't too much. Sandra Cohen wanted the perfect production. And when he didn't get it, he enforced it, showing his madness. But the ultimate sign of this power was the dynamic between andrew ryan and fontaine with andrew ryan his whole idea of rapture being venture and freedom and everything and anyone who crossed him as you saw like leading into his lair and everything where all these people that try to cross him and he's like nope you're dead you're dead you're dead and mm-hmm. this whole city has just plunged into madness and to me this is what happens when you like focus too much on power it's kind of like if you don't keep yourself humble essentially you go down this path of madness and it's even seen and epitomized with Fontaine in which he took that power to another extreme by injecting his body so full of Adam that he was unrecognizable and it ultimately led to his downfall. Meanwhile, you have Jack who was like, you know, just not doing it for him but did it for the little sisters in the situation and doing whatever he can to get out of there but also looking out for those that kind of matter to him at that moment. Hmm. You said a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> power bad. <laughs> this podcast is giving you way too much power. It's going to your head. Yeah, it's, it wasn't. A, it was a very serious tone. It wasn't a very um, fun, like, oh, yeah, the, the, the story of the, the meaning of this game is drugs give you superpowers. That's not the thing. Oh, God, that is kind of a theme, though. If you do drugs, you can set people on fire. With your mind, you should go take, go take meth again. And <laughs> <laughs> I did, I've never done meth. I've never done. Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> Were there any like moments that like you really liked, or really hated, or any other creepy moments you want to talk about? The the moments I liked, I've, I've kind of covered. the The bad thing about uh, the thing that I didn't always really like about the game was that the controls felt a little dated. Like, yeah, um, for sure. Like, you know, you have a pistol in one hand, and then you have your Eve and. You can't dual wield your pistol and your E. Yeah. You have to switch between just using the or the atom, just using the or the plasmids, and then or you have to switch to using. I found that kind of clunky. I, I agreed with that. It kind of messed with my gameplay a little bit, and like I had my good system down. But right. I, I usually stuck to like three, really two plasmids, those being the, like the shock and the fire, and then yep. like my go-to weapons were the machine gun, and for when I was fighting the big daddies, the grenade launcher and the machine gun, of course. Yeah. Um, like gameplay wise, it was like you know, that was fine. Like I understand, like you had the different types of like ammunition. It makes the game a lot easier. I didn't do that. I was like, I don't have enough of this. I'm just gonna shoot. But uh, uh, other than like that clunky control, I thought the gameplay was fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely like seemed kind of revolutionary for the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's um. Then we gotta remember, it's like it's, it's a little bit of a retro game, Xbox 360 areas era, and it's been ported to, you know. I played on the PS5, so it's kind of like, oh, this is like, you know, game controls have been a lot better. Right. We've gone through a lot of this. I think the most important question now is, what is your obscure rating? My obscure rating yes. is, it is a good evening. Eve. 
You made this a I pun know, I set thing. you up for this. You made it a pun thing God. with the Firewatch grape. Oh, my so God. So now, <laughs> look at what you've done. This game, in my opinion, is Shrek-tastic. This is the Shrek podcast, remember? <laughs> <laughs> it was either that, I was like, oh yeah, this is like 10 ounces of meth. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't let people think I do meth because I don't do meth. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> Oh gosh! And just like that, everyone, our time together has come to an end. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Uncultured Gaming Podcast. Now, would you kindly get on Spotify, hit the follow button, please give us a five star rating. We literally said the words like in the game. You have to do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You nerd. Do it. Please. Please. This. We also have social media. Uh, kind of. We're still working on our Instagram and um, Twitter slash X. Um, right now, there's nothing there, but we're hoping to put some fun stuff on there. Um, God knows what we'll put on there. Maybe some fun polls for Twitter or something like that. And maybe some, like, it, it's, we, we it, it, if you're looking it up right now, there's nothing there. There's, at this moment, August 18th, there's nothing on our Instagrams and everything, and in our Twitters. But that's okay. That's fine. But looking ahead, like I said, the next game that Preston and I are going to be playing will be What Remains of Edith Finch, playing on the PS5, I believe. If you're a loyal fan, you'll know that this wasn't on the OG list. But if you're a real fan, you will have known that we said in the last episode, fuck that list. We're going to do whatever we want to. We're going to play at our own pace. Um, there are also like four other mystery games, and we can do whatever the hell we want to with that. So, you know, if you join us, don't. I don't care. Just leave five stars. And remember, if you want to leave a review, just say boop, and I'll say you're a good fan. You're a good person, even if you don't like our podcast. But with all that being said, we hope you enjoyed our time in Rapture. Until next time, everyone, this has been the Uncultured Gaming Podcast. Remember... Keep it trashy, gamers.